I'll give you our brand new little sweetheart of swing. You're listening to Stay Tuned, recorded live on Station Head Radio and also streaming on Patreon. Coming to you from Austin, Texas, I'm Phil Maki, a cartoonist, illustrator, and animation enthusiast. My original series, Retail Sunshine, and other works can be discovered at RetailSunshine.com, and you can interact with me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handles of both Retail Sunshine and Phil Maki. And as of this week, be sure to check out the all-new Facebook page for this show at Facebook.com forward slash Stay Tuned Show. Thank you so much for joining me tonight for this Memorial Day weekend. On tonight's show, I've got my first ever celebrity interview. Max Cook will be joining me. We'll be discussing his career as a voice actor and even how he got started working as a theme park performer. All that, and you'll have a chance to share your thoughts, questions, and opinions with me live and on the air. If you're a fan of Stay Tuned and would like to listen anytime, be sure to head on over to patreon.com forward slash philmaki to check out the various subscriber levels where you can unlock some amazing rewards. Hear the legends of the Kung Fu Panda! Raised in a noodle shop, never seeking glory or fame. He climbed the mountaintop and earned the dragon warrior name. Kung Fu Panda! Master Shifu saw the warrior blossom and master the skills of bodacious and awesome Kung Fu Panda! He lives and he trains and he fights with the furious vibe. Protect the valley, something, 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 something alive. Kung Fu Panda. Legends of awesomeness. Sweet. On tonight's show, I'll be interviewing Max Cook, an actor, writer, cartoonist who lives in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. He was the voice of Master Mantis and countless other characters on Nickelodeon's hit animated series, Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness, a show that won 11 Daytime Emmy Awards. Max is notorious for his viral videos on YouTube, as well as hosting and co-hosting several well-known podcasts. He currently voices the iconic Spokes Cheetah for Cheetos Chester Cheetah. I had the distinct pleasure of speaking with Max recently, and without further ado, I'll get right to it. So, Max, you are a man of many talents indeed, and uh, most notable of these would be as an actor, right? I would say so. Okay, so how long have you been acting? Oh, since I was a kid, but um, it's really funny. My uh, so-called career has been very odd. It, like, comes in bursts and spurts. Like, uh, it was mostly theater. Up until my, I would even say, late 20s. And then I had about a good five years of doing commercials. Like I was on camera and I was, uh, you know, a, a spokesman for a casino and I was making really cool commercials. And that's when I first discovered, holy crap, you can make money acting. And it was, <laughs> it was really fun. And then, um, and then from there it went into voiceover and voiceover for some reason, I, I really thought I was going to be purely on camera, but you know, if you look at me, I don't know if anyone wants to watch me all the time on camera. So it's kind of nice <laughs> with voiceover because 
the, the rules are, are so weird all the time. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a real challenge to still create a performance with just, you know, your voice. I mean, yeah, there's technique involved, but it's so funny, you know, people say, well, how do I get into voiceover? Well, uh, can you act? Because that's the first thing I say, you know, you got to be able to act right. and especially improvise. So I guess I was able to do some of that and um, I fell into the world of voiceover. Started out with video games. I guess my first big job was um, booking Master Mantis for uh, the short film that DreamWorks did called Secrets of the Furious Five. That's right. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> That's often the best things, though, the things that you don't expect to blossom, and they do anyway, you know? Yeah. Do you prefer on-camera or or voice acting? Do you have a preference? Honestly, I, I don't have a preference. Um, I'm actually uh, directing this little horror web series, and I haven't even talked about it yet, but um, oh. I have a very small part in it, and uh, I'm working with all my dear friends. You know, my friend Brett and I, we wrote it for our friends. And it's been a lot of fun getting in front of the camera versus getting in front of the microphone, because sure. really all I've known for the past, I'd say, 10 years, you know, is darkened booths and my closet and the microphone. <laughs> uh, so to kind of get back into engaging with others face-to-face, you know, when you're in scenes with actors, right. that's been a lot of fun. I do think my preference might have to be um, VO, though, because it's just... It's just so fun and uh, and challenging and and interesting and uh, oh sure and and at one point and glorious and 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 glorious at one point you were um, a world showcase player at uh, Walt Disney World's Epcot Center. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was your role like there? Uh, was it was it positive for you? Well, listen. I mean, God bless the Disney Company. I think. Back then, I was 25. I was a hell of a lot more rebellious than I am now. And uh, I had moved up to Seattle because I heard that was a burgeoning town. And my wife and I, our girlfriend at the time, we were about to move into an apartment on Coldwater here in L.A. And uh, the Northwich earthquake hit, and the building was totaled. So we, we were basically homeless. Oh, wow. So we thought, well, why don't we go give um, the Pacific Northwest a shot? And uh, we went up there. I was there for a year. I, I did some theater, ran a video store on Lake Washington, and then in, there was an ad in the in the drama paper for um, performers at Epcot. And I'm like, this is it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to audition. I'm going to get it. They're going to relocate me. They're going to pay me. I'm going to get to my first actor union. It's going to be amazing. Well, Phil, it wasn't the best course for me because um, <laughs> it's theme park acting, and I was considered a, a face player, which means you get down there, you go through all the training, and then they put you on on the World Showcase. I don't know if you've been to Epcot. Yeah, funny story. I um, actually, I used to work at the, what used to be the Disney MGM Studios, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, I did a lot of stuff over there. I did a lot of conventions over there. That's cool. Yeah. Were you a performer as well? I wanted to be. I only did the college program, and they had me in a couple of restaurants. I, I actually really enjoyed the short period of time that I was on roller skates for the sci-fi dine-in or drive-in theater that they had. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, they stuck me in the World Showcase, and I was performing like trunk shows, you know, where they, they wheel out the cart in front of the audience. Oh, yeah. I spent many, of... many a year going to the theme parks. I, I loved those performers. You love those shows? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I basically did for a year. And then by year's end, they're like, you know, um, we, we love you, but we're, we're thinking that maybe your comic sensibility is not 
quite there yet for the park. Because, listen, I, I assume that Epcot was like the adult park because people could walk around and drink beers. And a lot of the original characters they threw at me, like, um, you're a fur trapper. You're using each of the good Norwegian film here. I mean, they kind of didn't know what to do with me. Even though I got to play a lot of characters. But, you know, I would say some randy things. I would never curse. But uh, I was definitely a little too edgy at that time uh-huh. for for what they wanted. <laughs> do you remember and it was the actually a blessing in disguise? Wow. Oh, do you remember the the one they had in in the uh, Italy country? Do you remember the it was the Commedia del Bologna? Absolutely. See, I I have fond memories of that in particular, and so that's what that kind of reminds me of what you're talking about. Oh yeah, no, I made some great friends there, and it was really funny how uh, you know you'd be in the break room and like you know. Not so much in the UK pavilion, but like when I was doing the Christmas stuff and I was the Noah, okay. they stuck me in this trailer with like 15 Chinese acrobats. And it was so weird, <laughs> but it was kind of cool. It was like I ran away and joined the circus ring. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's exactly what that sounds like. And, and did that, like, did you feel like now that you were a part of that company, that it was something that you would be, if you wanted to, you could move into maybe some voice acting for Disney or does it not work that way? No, no, I've auditioned for a, a lot of Disney stuff, and um, I don't think I've actually, I think I've done some, some video games for them, but uh, I love going to Disneyland. It's oh, really sure. love what Disney does, but I, I haven't really looked back on, on that. You know, I, I'm kind of more, I kind of play a lot of edgy characters, Phil, and I don't know if there's a lot of that in, like, a lot of the kiddie cartoons and stuff that, that Disney puts out. I mean, I don't see a lot of it. I, I'm sure it's out there, but... Um, any chance to work again with the company would be great. So, so if they could put together some sort of a, adult animated series about the Sopranos, you'd be on board. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be all on board for that. Why not? So I, I've actually watched um, a number of your YouTube videos, and one of those videos you show an old vacuum infomercial, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that was entertaining to watch. Um, but in the infomercial, it lists you as an illustrator. So, are you still drawing now? Yes, I've drawn my whole life. It's something that I really love to do, and it's something that I have neglected considerably. Um, the last time I was really prolific with drawing was last October of 2017. My friend told me about something called Inktober, where basically you're given a, oh, a yeah. word, oh, yeah. and you have to draw a picture for 31 days. Uh-huh. And that that was such such a great time, and, and like it was hard like you've really got to dedicate yourself and you know it's so funny like even though you may look at what i've done and you know there's stuff that's coming up that hasn't been listed on imdb or whatever but there's so much stuff that i do behind the scenes that no one ever knows about and one of the things that was so cool about illustration tying into animation is that i've drawn several uh what's called the mini bibles and that's when oh yeah two creators come up with an idea they come up with an idea and they need character design and i've done a lot of that that's awesome. That's actually really uh, for you know, if not everyone out there, you're like you said, knows what those are. But yeah, those mini bibles are the plan for the, the animators so that they know uh, what the show is going to look like and sound like, essentially. Correct, and yeah. uh, and how fun to sit down with creators. All right, we need a guy. He's got one eyeball hanging out of his head. He has five legs, and he wears horizontal striped t-shirts and he's always got pizza stains on his t-shirts go and i would go home and draw that guy and how i saw him and then hey that's great can you just give him blonde hair instead of black hair and i'd go back and modify and that was it so i i I could see myself if i was ever going to do like something else in my life it would either be forensic pathology or uh drawing just characters for many (laughs) pathology wow that is a specific (laughs) 
<laughs> Forensic pathology, yeah. Um, yeah. I could see that being the crossover, absolutely. So, so you yeah. me- you mentioned uh, Master Mantis a-, a little bit ago, and and that's of course from DreamWorks Kung Fu Panda, which was uh, a trilogy of movies, and uh, the same character that you voiced in the video game and in the short was originally Seth Rogen in the films. So when you went ahead and did, you know, your version, how much did Seth's version of the character influence you, or did it not at all? No, I definitely tried to, at, at first, you know, they like you to what's called voice match, you know. So I, I, I was watching Rogen anyway on um, Freaks and Geeks, and I always was very fond of him and thought he was hilarious, and uh, obviously I owe a great debt to him. I've never met the guy, but, um, but you know, I... I certainly, for the first Panda Project, you know, you sort of watch them, and then you're kind of like in your own groove. And then I would start to get <laughs> the scripts. Let me tell you something, Phil. I, I think I was called back. It took forever for me to book that job. And it was seriously just so extraordinary when it came through. And suddenly, yeah, you're like, you're in it. You're going to Nickelodeon Studios once a week. You're recording these awesome scripts. You're this fantastic character. But once I got really into the groove of the show and the way it was written, it would it would really just be bringing so much of myself into the part. And that's that's another thing that's kind of crazy. It's like uh, one of my favorite character actors, the late, great Harry Dean Stanton, you know. Oh, yeah. He uh, he used to live with Jack Nicholson, and, and, and Nicholson's biggest advice to one of his best friends, Harry Dean, was, just play yourself. <laughs> and that's what I've... That's what I've done, really. I just started to inject myself into Mantis. You know, he's this little green dude, but he's, he's very loud and blustery, and he's very cantankerous often, and that's kind of me. So, well, there you go. So it was really easy. Yeah, that, that actually just very, uh, it worked out that way for you then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, i got to tell you, the, the scripts were just so golden on that show. And uh, Have you seen Legend of Awesomeness? Have you seen that? Yeah, actually, I, I, I've watched a few episodes of it, and... You know, I was very impressed at how well they were able to consistently make it feel like it was of the same series. Yeah, it was so cool to uh, see it all come together, you know, because it's like a year or two later when you finally get to see your voices incorporated. And besides Mantis, I I played, I don't know how many characters on that show, and, and that's another thing about voiceover that's terrifying in a glorious way. They'll throw a character at you, and you have to pull it right out of your butt, like within two seconds. You know, and then you're doing a lot of background characters like villagers and, you know, I mean, anything. I, I played all kinds of buffalo guards and rhino guards. And, oh, wow. You know, you get the script and they they give you a list of all the characters that they um, assigned to you, essentially. So you had probably a night to kind of work up some stuff to bring in. And then, you know, I got to work with the great Peter Hastings. He is uh, Animaniacs. He was our executive producer. And, um, sure. you know, he would... He would say, nah, what else you got? So you gotta have like three or four characters backed up. So oh, wow. you gotta really be schizo. Cause, cause <laughs> I got Mantis at the forefront of my brain and then I gotta do all these other dudes and it, it, it was crazy. It took me forever to actually, yeah, to actually book that part. Like there was so many callbacks and so much like time and, and when the call came in, it was like, I, I, I'm in. And, and I gotta tell you, man, being in the booth with, Titans, you know, John DiMaggio and not the name drop, but Maurice LaMarche and Jim Cummings. I mean, these are, these oh my are the gosh, yeah. guys. Yeah. So you were, you were and, and recording as an ensemble or, or you were recording separately? You know, we were so lucky because there would be times where you do pickup sessions where maybe you just go in by yourself, but they brought me in late. Everyone else was already established. But once I came in, we would have 
you know, the ensemble. The Furious Five would be in the room. Not Lucy Liu, though. She was the only holdover from the film that wound up on the show. I never met Lucy, but uh, we'd all be in the booth together, and it's like it's like the best time you can possibly imagine. It takes two hours just to start recording the script, you know, and then um, and then you're in there, though, but we all got to play off of each other, which was great. It's a very rare thing. That's actually really incredible and, sounding. I, I didn't even realize that, that you did, you know, I know a lot of these animated productions now, they will record people individually, and so I wasn't aware yeah. if they were going to do you guys as an ensemble. That's really cool. Yeah, it was so fun, and uh, oh my god, I made lifelong friends on that show. I mean, oh, Carl awesome. Walgren is such yeah. a spectacular woman, and she's taught me so much. You know, you got to learn from these people. Oh, sure. Did you keep, like, a picture of Mantis in front of you while you were doing the voice to kind of remind yourself, or once you have it, you got it? I like that idea. I mean, you definitely need that when you're auditioning, or at least a callback, you know. It's good to have a photo of the character, but no, I mean, he, he just was there, and um, he was always in my brain, and I saw him as I was talking into the microphone. I saw him in my brain. Okay. And, and that's another great thing, too, is that if you are doing a character and you're improvising and throwing in your little things, you know, your little seasonings, and then you see later on how the animators have animated your improvs. It's mind-blowing. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so we got to do a lot of that. You mentioned the, the putting your own person into it. What I thought was such a fun aspect of the show when I was watching it was uh, <laughs> hearing your booming voice coming out of this tiny little insect and and they wouldn't always <laughs> they wouldn't always zoom into to his face so you just kind of see in the background or you know to the side you see this little mouth moving but the, but the voice is so much louder um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hilarious it is it's great yeah <laughs> um, they were geniuses on that show Every, everyone all the animators and directors and what a great show I'm sorry it ended but um yeah. hopefully there's a new show focused more on poe and training little pandas but um well yeah because this one takes place in between the first two movies so i guess that they've got room right. to expand it after that if they really want to yeah what would you say um if, if like you obviously were a mantis so do you feel like that is now your spirit animal or is there another animal that represents you better i know where you're going with this <laughs> are you talking about my man chester cheetah i mean you, if if in general, is there any animal besides a cheetah or a mantis that you feel like is Max on a plate? <laughs> I gotta say, man, it's the lion. I'm a Leo. I was born on August 8th. Oh, uh, cool. It's, it's usually always me and two babes. You know, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> the two women, you know, they, they take care of everything and the lion just sits back like a king. Now, I, I wish it was that way, but, uh, <laughs> no, I love the lion, but the cheetah is pretty close. I mean, um, well, that's a good segue. So, so you, yeah, you recently landed the role of Chester Cheetah for the uh, National Cheetos TV spots. So, um, I guess I have to ask you now. That character, I, I mean, I've grow, grown up watching him on TV. Did that kind of influence your your performance, or are you trying to go for something that's completely unrelated to previous Cheetahs? Uh, well, Chester was something that I really. Uh wanted to do and uh i auditioned for you know they were looking for uh they opened a pop-up restaurant last summer called the spotted cheetah and that's where a lot of it began and um they were doing a lot of interactive stuff with chester and they wanted to take chester to all there's a lot of you know ad firms two major ad firms that handle chester but um you know they wanted to take him to a whole new level so i was able to uh you know get in there and 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 
get into motion capture, which is something I've really never done before, which oh, is wow. really cool. So to become an interactive chester and to then do all these amazing commercials and then be able to do all the other stuff that's on the internet, I mean, seriously, this is this is just it's been too much. It's been too surreal and too great. And I love him. I love Chester. He's so cool. I love his sunglasses. I totally did. I looked back at all the Chester stuff. Because, you know, a lot of the old commercials are on YouTube. Yes, absolutely. That's why I love the internet now is a lot of the stuff that, you know, time has kind of forgotten. Uh, people have managed in a, in a collective library sort of way to bring all together. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been great. So I, I did look at all that stuff, and I, I know he's very mischievous, and I know he's very cool, and I know he has his own, you know, modus operandi, and yeah. and then I just injected a ton of myself into that, and uh, it's been going great. That's Knock awesome. Knock on wood, I tell you, it's it's just a kick. Well, I mean, congratulations on that, of course. He's he's kind of a more politically correct version of Joe Camel. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> I love him. Have you seen... Uh, is it the Cheat? Yeah, it's Cheeto's Instagram. Ch- Chester's Instagram? No, I haven't. You need to go look at that. I it's will. It's amazing. Will. It, it's, it's Chester, you know, uploading pictures of himself and with all these great little catchphrases. And uh, I, I, oh, it's so funny. It's so cool. See, it's, I kind of like it's that. It's very unique. I kind of like how that's still a thing because it feels to me, at least in the 80s, and somewhat the early 90s, that was sort of a golden era for corporate mascot personalities. And it's it's kind of, yeah. it's faded away a lot. So I'm, I'm kind of glad, you know, you've got the, the Geico Gecko. I can't think of anybody else that's that really uh, still prevalent. Yeah, Chester is an icon. And then uh, he even has his own Twitter. So you go look at that. And uh, people are talking to Chester 24-7. Oh, my gosh. It's great. Are you, are you the one <laughs> answering? Or, or does somebody else answer? No, no. I mean, they, you know, whoever does Chester's... Uh, social media we handle all that but um he has people <laughs> but no sometimes you know I'll, I'll get a great little gig where it's just a a little check-in or or the the cheetos vision app came out where you can cheetofy yourself so uh, oh my gosh i had no idea about on that <laughs> i had no idea chester's big news man he he's so cool he's he's ascending yeah does this mean you get a lifetime supply of cheetos now like can you can you just walk <laughs> into a store and and like drop the voice and then and they just hand you a bag <laughs> Bring me a bag of Cheetos. Well, I think that would be a little unfair to the retailer. I'm happy to pay, but uh, no, that would be so cool. My wife is a Cheetos junkie. Puffs, crunchies, flaming Hots, they're always going on. And uh, and then it's just so cool to walk by the snack aisle and, and just see a hundred Chesters on a hundred different bags. He's everywhere. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little collection. Um, I, uh, you know, I'll walk my dogs and I have this weird problem in my head that I take notice of litter like right away and I look down the ground and yeah. I, I tell you nine out of 10 times, Phil, if you look down the ground, there's a discarded snack bag. It's a Cheetos. I agree. I have noticed that at my apartment complex too. No lies. So I, and I actually, I have to imagine that you know, you've seen this character for years before you landed the role. So now is there a weird, like, um, when you walk past the character, now you almost feel like a twinge of, like, you're looking in the mirror in a, in a weird way. You know yes, what I, mean? I do. <laughs> well, listen, I wear dark sunglasses because I can't stand bright light all the time, even indoors. And I also have a goatee. And it's like, I feel physically like, I, I am so method about Chester that I <laughs> had custom Converse made. I, they're they're black laces with with orange tops, and I, I'm just I'm I'm a little far gone. I love them. 
That's so cool. <laughs> so, so, so I guess I, now you mentioned earlier that it's, it's a little bit unfortunate that the series, uh, Legends of Awesomeness, it did come to a close after three seasons. You did 66 of the 80 episodes, which is really impressive. I guess my question for you about that compared to Chester is, is there more or less certainty as to how long a gig is going to last, whether it be a TV show or like a corporate thing? Yeah, uh, a TV show, as long as you know, okay, I'm doing my job, it seems like everyone's happy, you build relationships in this business, so if you're like, yeah, you probably could work on this or that, you you know you can um, stick with the gig. As long as they like it, as long as they'll have you, they stick with it. I would say animation might be more reliable because it is based on seasons. Uh, like my friend Hari, she's on Rick and Morty, and they just got renewed for 70 episodes. Well, she's solid on that. I mean, she does every show under the sun, so she doesn't have to worry about it. Sure. But with a corporate character like that, like Chester, yeah, I mean, I just, every day is just uh, a gift. And uh, and, and if, if they decide to go a different direction, then I tell you, from, from where I've been with Chester, it's just... It's something that I'm really proud of. That's, and, that's uh, so cool. And, I, and all my friends are like, he's a Chester now. Like, I've turned everyone on to Chester who otherwise would have never paid attention to the dude. See, that's that's actually really awesome because it, it it shines a spotlight on something that people wouldn't have thought about otherwise. Do you... Yeah, I think Chester's so great that he should have his own film. I mean, his philosophies sure. of life, <laughs> his approach to everything is, is, I can relate to it, so... Someday, I hope they have a Chester movie. I'd, I'd love to be Chester in the Chester movie. See, that would be it. awesome. I mean, they, they've, they've kind of approached that with the M&M characters, with the commercials they've done. It's almost like they've, yeah, right. they've got little short cartoons. Do you feel like there's, like, if you had to describe personality-wise, like, the kinds of personality traits you put in to Chester versus Master Mantis, like, what would you say the differences are? Like, what's the difference between... Chester and Mantis? Yeah, I guess, like, like where does it come from as far as your motivation for how that character is going to talk about right. a problem? Well, I just approach everything as, as an actor with a script. I mean, I, I, I read what the words are. I, I, I give them, I learn their history. I, I mean, obviously, I devour everything I possibly can, any material I can on them, and uh, inject just myself and, and, and treat it as if, um, I don't know, I'm a Shakespeare, I mean, I don't like Shakespeare very much, but I'm a Shakespearean actor on stage, you know, treating the text with the greatest respect. I mean, it's the same thing. Okay. To me. Okay. Yeah. That's and, great. And, uh, I mean, seriously, like I said with Chester, you know, it's so great. You get into the booth with him and, uh, I think he possessed me much, possesses me much more than Mantis did. I mean, I got into Mantis, I had a blast with Mantis, but Chester is like, it's like a possession. <laughs> I even wear sunglasses in the booth, and it's dark in there, and I have to read. Oh, wow. So, so you would you say it's more because Chester aligns with who you are already as a person? That's how I feel. Yeah. That's where I feel I'm at now. Like, like it's all aligned perfectly. Like, when I was Mantis, I was a little more feisty in life. I was a little more aggressive. I was a little more this, a little more that. When it came around to Chester, I calmed down a bit. I'm handling things much uh, with a better uh, sense of um, coolness. Dare I say, maybe even a little, um, you know, feeling a little good about things. <laughs> yeah, and, of course. Uh, a little just for life, so to speak. So all that stuff has been the uh, the ascension with these spectacular characters I've been so lucky to portray. And a lot of actors prior to me have been them, and that's great. You know, you, you just uh, you find out what they want. We want this guy, or we want you to kind of voice match the last guy, but bring your own flavor to it. I mean, whatever. You just give them what they want. Absolutely. So I guess I And have... be cooperative and nice. 
What's that? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. You got got to be cooperative with the uh, people that hired you, <laughs> of course, and nice. Um, yeah. So I, I, I really am excited to ask you this because I think it's a bizarre and fun idea, but I, I've prepared a, I guess I found, I found a monologue, a classic monologue online, and I was kind of hoping you'd be willing to do a little bit of uh, Chester <laughs> with a bit of writing that doesn't seem to match his personality all that much. So this little bit of writing is a monologue from uh, the Casket Comedy. It's a play by Titus Maxius Plautus. So, you know, I figured grab something. I know you mentioned Shakespeare a minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) This I like. This is the character Ecclesiarchus. All right. Well, I'm a little under-rehearsed, Phil, but here we go. (laughs) I do believe it was love that first devised the torturer's profession here on Earth. It's my own experience, no need to look further, that makes me think so. For in torment of soul, no man rivals me, comes near me. I'm tossed around, bandied about, goaded, whirled on the wheel of love, done to death, poor wretch that I am. I'm torn, torn, torn asunder, disrupted, dismembered. Yes, all my mental faculties are befogged. Where I am, there I am not. Where I am not, there my soul is. Yes! I am in a thousand moons. The thing that pleases me ceases to please me a moment later. Yes, love mocks me in my weariness of soul. It drives me off, hounds me, seeks me, lays hands on me, holds me back, lures, lavishes. It gives without giving, beguiles me. It leads me on, then warns me off. It warns me off, then tends me on. It deals with me like the waves of the sea. Yes, batters my loving heart to bits. And except that I did not go to the bottom, poor devil, my wreck's complete in every kind of wretchedness. Yes, my father has kept me at the villa on the farm the last six successful days, and I was not allowed to come and see my darling during all that time. Isn't it a terrible thing to tell of? Bravo! <laughs> That's awesome. And you just see, you see Chester, you see him standing on stage in his glasses, little uh, beret on absolutely absolutely you know what's funny is the more i I heard you do that the more i I realized that was actually the perfect choice for that character like that was a good (laughs) that was a good monologue for chester Cool. It was very accurate. Yeah, and that dude needs to have his own movie, and then he needs to start acting in other movies. Just put animated characters in, like, you know, Martin Scorsese films, and let's see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and the great thing about animated characters is I guess you don't have to worry about shaving that day or something. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, that, it's been really awesome getting to know you, Max. Um, I really, I really appreciate you taking some time from your uh, busy Cheetos schedule. Schedule. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, and and thanks so much for for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Phil. This was fun, and uh, good luck with uh, your future broadcasts. And I wish you only the best. Oh, thanks. Likewise, I'm actually really glad to hear that you've gotten these things, like you call them blessings. I, I'm really glad you've been able to have these things come your way because it, it sounds like it happened to uh, the absolute right guy. Yeah, it's very competitive out here. So thank you for that. It, 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 it's a nice boost. Oh, sure. <laughs>
Well, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. I'd like to thank Stay Tuned's first official celebrity guest voice actor, Max Cook, for spending some time with me here and even performing a little Chester Cheetah and Master Mantis. The music you heard was the theme from DreamWorks' Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness, a show that is available for streaming now on Hulu. If you enjoyed tonight's show and would like to subscribe to Stay Tuned, please join me over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash filmaki. Not only are there cool rewards, but you can also stream this show anytime you like, which means never missing an episode. I've been Filmaki, you've been a wonderful audience, and until next time, keep those eyeballs peeled, those ears open, and be sure to stay tuned. (laughs) 